When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I'll tell you what, though. It's Monday. Hardcore. Oh, yeah? Did you, did you have a case of the Mondays today? <laughs> Dude. I've been having a case of the Mondays for like the last three weeks. Mm, lovely. Yeah. Could be worse, but not much, I- I'm going to say. Like those people that would say it could be worse, I'd just, I would tell, what I would say to them is like. Uh, would, would they be someone that you would think would know anything? <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I would say. No, they don't know anything. It's definitely Monday. That's okay, though. Because today, we're actually going to talk about some shit that I'm excited to talk about. So, Mm -hmm. welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Bailey Up Sports Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with my counterpart, Eric Mulher. As always, college football writer for Bailey Up Sports. Eric, what's going on, man? Same old stuff, dude. Uh, Just getting getting ready for the season. Got... uh... Oh, closing in. It's not getting here fast enough, but it is getting here. It is. What? How are the Astros doing? I hadn't been paying attention to what they're doing. Um, they're just they're still keeping you keeping you plugged in somewhat. I, they are. They're good, they're good enough to keep me plugged in, but they're they just got to get guys back. Like they got guys hurt all over the place, and they're just sort of scuffling along. I think last I looked, I think there were four games back. Mm. So they're yeah they're they're doing fine. I I still like their chances to to get into the postseason, but it's not been like it has the last number of years. <laughs> well, losing. Uh, Losing Jordan Alvarez uh, for a you know considerable amount of amount of time yeah. is not the way you want to uh, go about your season. <laughs> no, it so, isn't. But Braves are still kicking ass, so they uh, are. They're not not quite as much as they have, you know, since the All Star break. They've kind of you know lapsed a little bit, but they're okay. I think they'll be fine. They acquired a couple of pitchers today that were toting ERAs of like. Uh, seven and 10 for the season. So, you know, Alex Anthopoulos doing his typical playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. Yeah. They'll probably come out and dominate for the Braves, <laughs> hopefully. But uh, enough about baseball. Let's get into the purpose of this podcast, which is college football. And we are going to do part two of the ACC today. Now, this part two, Eric, whew, man, you, another one of those situations where we kind of like in the Big 12 where we started off with the trash and got it taken out early before we talked about the good teams. Another situation like that here. So today we're going to cover all the good teams, Florida State, Clemson. Uh, we do throw Notre Dame in here, disclaimer, because, well, frankly, they should be in the ACC. Uh, that's where they play every sport except football. So we include them here on this podcast because we're not going to do an independent uh, episode because that would basically just be Notre Dame and no other team we care about or that you care about as the listener. So we'll also talk about NC State, Boston College, Wake Forest, Louisville, Syracuse, all that kind of stuff. So 
last year, terrible start in the ACC. I feel like we're going to have some better luck this year. I mean, am I crazy? Do you feel more or less confident coming into this than you did last year? I do feel more confident because last year, last year was like the, the previous, you know, six or seven years, whereas Clemson and everyone else. So really, mm-hmm. you know, last year you're trying to figure out, okay, well, how many teams should I, or how many wins should I pencil this team in for here? And you have so many teams kind of bunched up in the middle that, you know, there's just so many 50, 50 games. And I, I yeah, when you've got seven teams with five and a half totals, you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and there's a lot of those this year, but there is a little bit more separation and there are some teams who are getting a little more credit. So it's, it's separated some, you know, I don't think I'm going to go, you know, 12 and two or anything, but uh, I do feel better about, you know, not going, I think seven and eight is what I went last year. The one hour a week I need this room. <laughs> oh, <that's great>. <sighs> All right. So after our little kid interruption that you didn't hear, <laughs> fantastic. I, I saw I saw him in the background as I was talking in my in my little <laughs> camera. I'm like, so good. Come on. I love dude. that. Don't worry, I'll cut it out. It's fine. All right. So we're gonna start you off with the team that I know you're I've, I have a feeling you're going to be pretty high on them and I think you've if correct me if I'm wrong you've gone over on this team the last two seasons and I'm not sure if they cashed for you both years but Louisville I mean they, they've got an eight and a half win total this year I know you were on the over on them last year were you also on the over on them two years ago Yes, them and Wake two years ago were the teams that I took the over on that you and Timmy relentlessly gave me crap about. More Wake than Louisville, but you guys both disagreed with me. I took the over on Wake that year as well, I believe. You you did. Okay, Um, yeah. That was mostly Timmy giving you crap about Wake, but I gave you crap about Louisville for sure. (laughs) Yes. So I was on the over each of the last two years. Uh 2021 I hit and last year I believe I did not let me look oh no yeah over over six and a half I hit that all right so two two years running man so is it gonna be another over because this year the the total is a little bit more daunting at eight and a half for so what it are is. We looking for Louisville um well we're looking at a team who probably you know arguably upgraded at coach at, at head coach um Scott Satterfield was Working his way towards the hot seat, um, a lot yeah, of hot seater, really, hot seater field is what we. Yeah, were a lot of people weren't really lot. happy, kind of with the direction. Which I mean, they've won enough games, but they've also lost some. They probably shouldn't have. Uh, the big thing was me, Malik Cunningham leaving. Mm-hmm. You know, he started for the better part of four years. So they bring in uh, Jack Plummer, who is a Purdue transfer, played under Brom there, but he was a backup to Aiden O'Connell. So he'll probably be starting. They bring back their leading rusher, Jawar Jordan. They're replacing most of the receivers and most of the line. They only bring two guys back up front, but they brought in some transfers and it's not like guys who couldn't play at X. It's some guys who have some starts, you know, some power five, some group five mix there, but they have experienced transfers. And the thing I didn't, I know we talked about this offline. The thing I will bring up about them that I didn't realize until I think last week, how good their defense was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I didn't believe you until I went and looked at it. Yeah. So they allowed 19.2 points per game last year, which was tied with NC state for best in the conference. So they get seven guys back from that defense. So you think they will be pretty good there. 
the, the secondary is very deep. They have a lot of experienced guys back there, maybe a little thin at linebacker, but they should be okay up front. So having said all that, eight and a half still seems a little high. And then you look at their schedule and it starts to make a little more sense because favorable doesn't feel like it's a strong enough word. You know, you look at who do you, you know, who do you think are the four best teams in the conference? Well, Clemson, Florida state, and North Carolina are going to be on everyone's list uh, for that. Right. Louisville Louisville plays none of them. (laughs) So they miss all those teams. Um, They get Kentucky in non-conference as always. Kentucky's kind of dominated that series for a while. They get Notre Dame in non-conference kind of evens things out a little bit, but schedule is pretty favorable. Having said all that, I think eight wins is as high as I will go for Louisville in year one of the Jeff Brom era. So give me the under. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. I'm going to take the over. Oh my goodness. I'm going to go against everything that I always say. And I don't know why I want to take the over. The schedule, of course, is a big thing. But a guy like Jeff Brom, to me, bringing a quarterback, it's not like Jack Plummer being a new quarterback for the team. Normally, I would say new quarterback, new coach, all that. But they came from the same fucking place. He knows the offense inside and out. So it's not like he's got to take over a new system and start running it. My -hmm. biggest concern with this team is the offensive line. And they were pretty good last year they gave up 27 sacks you know that kind of thing they rushed for 200 yards a game so pretty fucking solid but you lose three starters you only bring in two back and you add some transfer depth i don't know that it's gonna be just a glaring weakness but it is a concern but ultimately with that weak ass schedule i'm gonna take the over and say they win nine games and i can't believe i'm taking the over on louisville but uh I just think there's some serious fucking tomato cans in this conference, man. And there's a couple, and and they play them. And I would say, even though I'm on the under, it would not shock me if Louisville is playing in the conference championship game mm. because they're because their tough tough games aren't conference games, right? Their conference yeah. schedule, right, that that is based on, is pretty pretty favorable. So I could see them having a very good conference record. You know, and even toting three losses, or maybe even a fourth. Yeah, I mean, those road are trips to NC, road trips to NC State, Pittsburgh, and Miami. That's their three big hiccups on their schedule. And we'll we'll talk about NC State in a little bit. We've already discussed Pittsburgh. We're you know relatively high on them. Uh, both of us took the over, and Miami. Neither one of us are high on. So <laughs> I, I'm kind of with you. They're sort of a dark horse. You know, conference. Yeah. I mean, you look at their other conference games like, okay, Georgia Tech, Boston College, uh, Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Those are kind of not necessarily the dregs of the conference. I I think Duke will be a decent team, but those are all teams that are not expected to be much better than 500. Well, if they can manage to get a win against NC State on the road, they should start. Or or Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, Or Pitt. Or or Pitt. Yeah. Either one, then. If they win one of those two games, they're looking at like starting six and one. And then the rest of their schedule is Duke, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Miami, Kentucky. So you would think they could win two of those at least, possibly three. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take the over okay. against my better judgment. We'll see what happens. I thought last year I felt really confident about my picks in the ACC and I stunk. So maybe I don't know anything. 
and I'll just take the. Oh, order. you're just going to reverse psychology yourself. <laughs> you, you, you caught me. Mm. At least on this team, I like they normally bold strategy. Yeah, let's see if it pays off for them. Yeah, normally a new quarterback, new coach, questions on the offensive line. I would not take the over, but dude, the schedule is just too weak, and I think they'll light up the scoreboard. You know, against a lot of these teams, so mm. over. <sighs> All right, let's go with somebody a little less interesting, in my opinion, and that is a team that is oh, historically bad on defense uh, most of the time, but has been pretty good on offense the last few seasons, and I don't know that they're going to be as good this year, and that is Wake Forest, who is toting a six-and-a-half win total after the departure of Sam Hartman. What am I looking at with Wake Forest? Because, man, I've mm, I got to be honest. The schedule looks a little bit daunting. It, it does. They they're going to get off to a good start. They they have a bye week five. They'll probably be three and one or four and zero oh when they get to yeah. the bye, and then after that, it gets rough. I mean, they get <laughs> Clemson, yeah. Pitt, Florida State, Duke, NC State, Notre Dame. Uh, they close I mean, out even with their, Syracuse. Even, yeah, even the average teams on the back end, it's on the road, like at yeah. Virginia Tech, at Duke, at yeah. Syracuse. Like look at look at their schedule after the bye. How many of those games do you think they'll be favored in? I, I count two. Uh, Virginia Tech and mm, maybe Syracuse. Yeah, maybe that they won't be favored at Duke. I don't think. Right. I mean, that's that's two at best. It looks like yeah. so. A uh, lot of turnover on offense, like you said. Sam Hartman's gone. At Perry was their leading receiver. He's off to the NFL. Um, defensively, they they weren't very good, and they lost their best player, uh, Smenda, uh, his linebacker, let him in tackles. So the the new quarterback, Mitch Griffiths, has played here and there in stretch, and he's been very good when he's on the field. We'll see how that translates to the full-time job. They do bring back their leading rusher, Justin Ellison. Um, they have a lot of receivers back who they're very similar to North Carolina where they lost you know, the, the main attraction, right, the big dog, but they bring a bunch of guys back who are contributors, right? So Wake yeah. has four guys back who had 500 or more yards receiving. So they have guys who have been out there or experienced, know what's going on, and can play. Kind them. of need, kind of need an alpha to step up as it were. You might. Um much like Louisville, the the one thing offensively that is a concern is they only also bring back two starters on the O line. So I would expect some offensive drop off uh from thirty six ish or whatever they had last year. I think they've averaged thirty six over the last three seasons. So they might be down more towards the 32 to 35 range. I think, but I think they'll still be okay because that system doesn't necessarily rely on, you know, physical superiority. It, it's uh, very scheme and quarterback making reads driven. But uh, like you said, defensively, it, it probably more of the same. They've allowed at least 28 points a game the last six seasons. And now they still won plenty of games. They're just uh, outscoring people. Yeah, they are just they're just winning shoot, shootouts. Um, they bring back three starters in the secondary. They bring back Jasheen Davis, who led them with sacks. But for me, I just I think if you're going to have a defense that plays like that, you need to be more sure of what you have offensively. And I'm not sure enough with all the turnover they've got to really get behind them too hard. So um, Timmy won't believe it when he hears, but I am taking the under on Wake Forest. Oh, you hear that, Timmy? Shots fired. <laughs> yeah, uh, this team, yeah, no. Uh, 
no way. I'm not taking the over, not touching it. Uh, I'm on the under here. And that stems from, like you say, massive turnover on the offense. I, oh, man. I mean, if you're only bringing back two starters to a team that gave up 38 sacks last year, that is that spells trouble with a new quarterback. And I don't think this dude, while he played well, sure, in his you know spare time, he's not Sam Hartman. Right. And that that that's the bottom line. They're not that great, you know, they're not gonna stop anybody really, and their offense is not gonna be as good. So if you're gonna tell me they can't win shootouts now, then yeah, th- that combined with the schedule on the back end under. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, moving on to uh, let's. Oh man, let's just get it out of the way, dude. Let's talk about a good fucking football team. Talk to me about Florida State, man, because we've we've talked all off season a little bit here and there about Florida State. Yep, we had a beat writer on from Noel Game Day. Logan was on with us. So if uh, if you're a listener and you haven't uh, heard that episode, go back, flip back in the feed, and find uh, Logan from Noel Game Day. He was on and. Uh, it was a really informative episode about Florida State football and all they've got coming back. So that'll give you a better idea, and we won't have to rehash all that here. But nine and a half, dude, is this the year for Florida State where they get back to prominence and they win the ACC and they're a playoff contender? I think it absolutely can be. Um, I mean, anyone who's been listening to the show for the last uh, two years, um, you know, I'm all in on Mike Norvell. I, I said two years ago when they were awful, even though I took the under on them because the roster was so poor, I, I did think he was the right guy to work them back to being Florida State as we knew them. But, you know, they went 10 and three last year and they lost one person, I would say, of consequence, Jamie Robinson at safety. So they bring back the quarterback who took a giant leap forward last year and could very well be a Heisman fan, finalist. They bring back their leading rusher. They bring back the leading receiver. They bring back three starters on the O-line. They bring back almost the entire defense, you know, nine starters on defense. So you got guys like Jared Verse, who's going to be a first-rounder, uh, Tatum Bethune, Kalen Deloach. Those guys are probably playing the NFL. Patrick Payton, was, uh, he was Logan's breakout candidate. He was ACC Rookie of the Year or Defensive Rookie yep. of the Year last year. Yep. So, I mean, they have talent everywhere. Their experience everywhere, all three levels of the defense. They gave up 20 and a half a game, could very well be better. And then, much like he has done for the last three years, Mike Norvell picked some really, really good players out of the transfer portal. He got Jaheim Bell, who's a tight end from South Carolina. And that's something that they didn't have last year was the kind of the athleticism and playmaking ability at tight end. So he, he will allow them to do a lot more and and be a little more creative in how they get him the ball. He played a lot of running back last year, uh, just as an example of the type of athlete he is. And then they get the kid from Michigan state, uh, Keon Coleman, you know, kind of the the big body contested catch receiver um, had a couple of good years and and he left uh, as soon as Peyton Thorne did. So I, I just, I think they're, you know, obviously schedule wise, the two big ones are Clemson and LSU. They win one of those. And I like them to be in the ACC championship game with a, with a shot to go to the playoff. And, and even if they lose those two, I just don't see three losses for them unless Jordan Travis gets hurt and misses, you know, a, a significant amount of time. I would say more than two games. Um, and then it'd have to be the right two games. Cause I mean, outside of they play at Pitt in November. So, okay. Yeah. Maybe, you know, the weather is a factor, I, but 
you know, they, they end up in the swamp last game of the year. Who knows what happens with that? But I just think that they're going to be better than the other team at least 10 times. So give me the over in the, the, the least surprising pick probably of this whole episode. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> I'm not so high on them as you are. This is kind of the Texas thing, but a little bit more advanced. I was not a believer last year. Norvell surprised me. Now do it again. Now, that being said, if I was going to lay a bet on this, which I might, I would probably bet the over. And that is because even if they lose to LSU and Clemson, they will be favored in every other game they play. Even on the road of Florida, I think they'll be a favorite. So to me, I'm with you. Like at Pitt, coming off a road game at Wake Forest, which I expect them to win handily. At Pitt could be a little bit of a trap game with Miami next, you know, coming the next week. But mm-hmm. Miami's at home. And we don't, you know, on this podcast, we don't buy into Miami. But if they surprise and they're better than expected, then. Maybe Pittsburgh's a little bit of a trap game. But ultimately, I I, I don't have much faith in Florida, man. So I'm going to take the over here reluctantly. But I'm not ready to crown them as like a playoff contender. I still have questions about the depth. Can I mean, last year, they lost three consecutive games back to back to back. Wake Forest at NC State and Clemson. Now, they didn't get dominated in any of those games. No, they they were one quarter away. Like yeah. cumulatively from from being twelve and zero, Correct. like they just had nightmare stretches in each of those games. Yes, and so, but you take that and you look at the back end of their schedule and who they play: Georgia Tech, trash. At Miami, Miami was trash. At Syracuse, trash. Louisiana, if you know, group of five team, and then Florida, who they played a really tough game, but Florida wasn't very good at the back end of last year either. You know, so it's kind of one of those things. Last year's schedule was pretty favorable. This one, I would say, is just as favorable, but eh, can they do it again? So I'll take the over, but I'm reluctant to, you know, bet a ton of money on it. So, all right. So let's take the trash out before we flip over to my side here. Syracuse, talk to me. Dino Babers, is he going to? keep his job this year because we we've talked about him a little bit yeah, we did list yeah he was on my list last year he was like number two or number three two, i believe yeah yeah and he obviously got off of that hot seat when they started six and oh but yeah. they faded uh pretty hard they lost six of their last seven they lose sean tucker they're running back um who was kind of the focal point of their offense so He's they bring beast. they bring uh the quarterback back garrett schrader they returned two of their top three receivers, the, the best one being Aronde Gadsden, the second, their tight end. They lost three – it's kind of a common theme in this conference. They lost three starters up front. They're pretty good on defense. They allowed 23 a game. A lot of those guys are back, seven out of their top eight tacklers. Uh, they got a defensive end who played really well last year, Caleb o- Okachukwu. Um, Marlo Wax. I, I think their they're two leading sackers are both back. So – I would expect that it'll look a lot like last year where they get off to a good start. They should be three and one or four and oh when they play at home against Clemson at the end of September. But then they get that Clemson game. They go on the road to NC State, on the road to Florida State. So pretty soon you're like, oh, no, they could be three and four. Um, 
and then the schedule is okay on the back end, but you know, they go to Virginia tech and Georgia tech. Those aren't super uh, intimidating. They get three home games. I think they probably get to six again. I think they go to a bowl game again, but the offensive line has me nervous enough, you know, between all the new starters on the offensive line and replacing the running back. I just, a run heavy offense. I don't know where the rushing yards are going to come from, you know, in a, in a run centric scheme. So if you're talking about now offensively, it, it centers almost completely around Garrett Schrader staying healthy. Then I don't feel as good about it. So can't quite talk myself into a seventh win. So I will take the under. Oh man. Yeah. I'm just, no, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't take the over. Um, yeah. Last year, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we both take the under last year on this team? All three took the under. Mm. We all took under four and a half and they went <laughs> six and seven. So right. I'm sorry, yeah. seven and six. <laughs> yeah. Lost their last six straight. Yeah, we thought they were good, and we were like, "Man, we're crazy!" And then they lost six, you know, down the stretch. And they well, are who we thought they were. That's that's exactly, and that's where I'm at with this team. I I don't have any faith. I don't think that anything beyond getting to a bowl game is their ceiling. So when I look at things like. You know, the only real question that I have is how this new offensive coordinator is going to do. They promoted their QB coach, which is Jason Beck. They promoted him to OC. I, I mean, Garrett Schrader, like his numbers are really good. You know, he completed 64% of his passes, 17 to 7 on picks. I mean, he, he's got good numbers. So maybe the former OC was the problem. And that's why they only put up, you know, 27 points a game, which is not garbage, but it's not really respectable either. So, yeah, it's very middle of the road. It's it is, and the bottom line, dude, they've got like you talked about Schrader staying healthy. They gave up forty three fucking sacks last year. Yeah, just they've, they've been terrible on the offensive line for for years. I remember specifically talking about that. It's a hot seat episode last season. Why I thought Dino Baber is going to get fired. So like they've been trash up front. They're not interested in blocking, uh, no. whether it's run blocking, pass blocking, and he. It hasn't been a priority to improve that, so they haven't improved it. And they give, I mean, they gave up a lot of sacks this year. It stands to reason they'll give up a lot this year. So I think, I think Schrader's fine. He's a good quarterback. I just question if they can keep him on the field and if he can really be the centerpiece vice Sean Tucker. Yeah. I do think they get to a bowl. I'm with you, but uh, I'm going to take the under and say they go six and six and. That's just where I'm at, man. I, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna, not gonna go any higher than that. I can't do it. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, Give me something good. Give me something good. Yeah. So I want your thoughts on NC State, who's getting six and a half, because we we talked about them, uh, how good they were on defense last year earlier when we discussed Louisville, but. For a team that's won at least eight games in four out of the last five years, six and a half seemed a little light. What What's your take? I think it's a little light for a reason. <laughs> I just, oh man. All right. NC State fans, if there are any of you out there listening, then you're probably not going to like what I have to say. I'm looking at a couple of things here. One, yes, the quarterback play should improve, I think. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, I think, is a little bit better than Devin Leary. Just my opinion. Don't come at me on Twitter 
if you want to, I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> but so I, I think quarterback play probably improves a little bit. I just think he's better overall. And outside of that, I don't have them getting better in really any other category. I think their running back room will be fine. You know, they bring back their top rusher, which only rushed for 500 yards last year. They're not mm-hmm. much of a run team. So I, I don't know, really know how much of a factor that is unless they change something, you know. And every other category I check out, whether that be receivers, offensive line, the entire defense, I have arrows pointing down. So, and maybe not so much with depth in all those positions, but talent. I think they have a talent drop off. So, when I take those things and combine the fact that their new offensive coordinator, who is Robert and I, he was at Syracuse last year. I just wonder how that's going to go. I've hated NC State's offense for the last few seasons. It's just very, just mid, very uninspiring. I felt like they should have just let Devin Leary cook, you know, just like give him the offense and unhandcuff him and let him do his thing. So maybe they do that with Brennan Armstrong and things look a little different running and throwing the ball. But ultimately, when I look at the schedule, dude, there are way too many automatic losses for me. I look at Clemson, loss. North Carolina, I have that penciled in as a loss. And then Notre Dame, I have as a loss. So right there, that's three out of the gate. And then I've got to get them to, what, three more losses? Louisville is questionable to me. I'm not sure they can beat Louisville this year. Duke on the road is questionable. You know, we don't know that Duke is going to be as good this year, but it's on the road. And then Miami, we have no idea. We don't have huge hopes for Miami, but again, could surprise. And then they close out the year with road trips to Wake Forest and at Virginia Tech, which Virginia Tech, they may not be very good, but playing on the road there is not easy. So, the schedule is just a little bit too testy for me, and I have them dropping off in too many categories for me to comfortably take the over. So I'm going to take the under and say six wins. Mm. All right. Well, I am on the over because I think they have enough winnable games up front between UConn, VMI, Virginia, Marshall. They'll lose to Notre Dame, I'd imagine, but if they can get one of Duke and Louisville and one of Miami and Wake, right? So if they can split those four conference games. You know, and then get a win at Virginia Tech. I, I think they can get to seven. So I'm on the over for them. I, I think it's me? not it's not so much um, <laughs> the question of Brennan Armstrong versus Devin Leary. It's Brennan Armstrong versus one of the other three quarterbacks that played the majority of last season when Devin Leary got hurt. Yeah, um, yeah. They they started four different QBs. Right. So. I don't think they'll be great offensively. They were bad last year. Their, their scoring average dropped like nine points, I think. Um, but if I think if they can keep Armstrong healthy, I would, that would be a healthy upgrade over the quarterback play they got from last year. But I do think there's kind of a ceiling there offensively with the receivers that left and the three offensive line starters they're replacing. But I do think they'll continue to be good enough on defense. They should win to seven games. Hmm. All right, then. Well... <laughs> Fair enough. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, let's another team that I, I'm not sure if we'll disagree on them or not. And they're not strictly an ACC team, but we always talk about them with the ACC. Notre Dame is getting eight and a half. 
And like I said earlier, I had actually kind of forgotten about them, but I have formed an opinion since then, since I remembered we were talking about them tonight. So what is yours? Eight and a half. I'll spoil it right out of the gate. This was an easy over for me on this podcast. Our opinion of offensive line, as long as that sucks, nothing else matters. Well, Notre Dame's offensive line does not suck. Okay. It's like, I mean, this is going to be one of the best offensive lines in the country, to put it lightly. So they're loaded up front. They've got big, beastly, massive offensive linemen. So that's positive check mark number one for me. Great offensive line. Uh, They're bringing in Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, as we know. A big upgrade, in my opinion, you know, between Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine and all the average Joes between those guys and Ian Book and all these dudes they've had over the years. Hartman is without a doubt slam dunk the best, you know, quarterback out of all the dudes that they've had. When's the last time they had a quarterback as good as him? Brady Quinn? (sighs) Yeah, at least. Yeah, I would say Brady Quinn, quarterback. probably. Yeah, I mean, he he went in the first round of the draft. <laughs> I'll never get that draft pick. Everybody, they're like, you know, Miami Dolphins, slam dunk, Brady Quinn right here, and Teddy Ginn got drafted, and Kuiper was losing his mind. Mm, but, of course uh, he was. Yeah, th- this is ridiculous. So it was one of mine and Timmy's favorite draft moments ever. But uh, <laughs> back to Notre Dame. Yeah, Hartman is insanely talented. And so as long as he continues to do the things he's done in his college career, they'll be better than they were up on offense. Now, uh, running back-wise, they bring back Estime, who's their top rusher. And also, we did uh, an episode, if you're uh, listening to this, we did an episode with Brian Driscoll back in the offseason from Irish Breakdown. He can break down the roster much better than I can. So go back and check that out. But they've got some dudes like receiver wise. Okay. Like they're, they're losing like five of their top six receivers. Okay. And Jaden Thomas is the only one that's coming back. But our Conor McGregor, who the fuck is that guy award nominee by Driscoll was a guy named Tobias Merriweather. And if you haven't seen this dude, go check him out because he looks like a freak. There's a ton of Notre Dame fans that say he was underutilized. And I would tend to agree with them. So I think he'll be a big focal point in the offensive, you know, scheme. We'll see how that goes. You don't ever worry about if they're going to find a good tight end. So I, I'm sure they've got two or three who can play and be really effective. Defensively, I think they'll be pretty good again. Marcus Freeman is a defensive dude. He's done a really good job in recruiting, bringing in a bunch of four and five star defensive players, namely linebackers. So I think defensively they'll be fine. I mean, they gave up 23 points a game last year. I would expect that to improve a little bit. They got eight starters back on D. So I think this is a dangerous football team, man. And I've always said Notre Dame is a team that is a quarterback away from being like a legit national title contender. And I truly believe they can be. Like, as long as Hartman can stay healthy, I think this team is like the sky's the limit for them, at least in the regular season. I mean, it would not shock me if they went 11 and 1 or 12 and 0. They do have the road trip to Clemson and they do have a home game against Ohio State. Ohio State has a lot of question marks. They kind of out athleted Notre Dame last year towards the end of the game, hard fought game, but Ohio State has a new quarterback. You know, they lost a ton on defense. So, I mean, we'll talk about them more when we get to the Big Ten, but I I don't think Ohio State is going to be a massive favorite in this game. They probably will be favored, but it's on the road. It's at Notre Dame, so I like 
Notre Dame's chances there. And then their other big game is USC. That's also home. You take two of your three toughest games and you're playing them at home. I'm going to take the over and say they go 10 and two at worst and at best 11 and one probably. So give me the over. So I'm going to take the over as well. Um, it probably wasn't as easy for me as it was for you, or as at least how you described it. But, you know, at the end of the day, Ohio State, USC, Clemson, I think they win one of those at least. Yeah. Uh, and even if they lose all three, I, they should beat everyone else. Um, I I just kind of feel like it might be a game too low or a half game too low. So I yeah. I think they, my guess would be a 10 and two season um, mm-hmm. if I had to, to put money on their record, but in either case, I do like them to go over. Yeah. This is one of those win totals that you feel like would be better at a round number, like a yeah, hard number of nine, you know, it's like, yeah. can they win nine or 10 games? It's like, well, they're going to be favored in nine games for sure. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um, the other three, they may not be favored, but eh, you know, uh, maybe they, they will. Who knows? I mean, they could be favored at home against Ohio state. Not saying they will. I'm just saying it's entirely possible. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I like him to get to not just nine, but to get to ten. So uh, let's switch over and literally bringing up the rear. Um, oh God! Actually, it's not bringing up. You, you got one more left. A team that is not going to win ten games, and that's Boston College. Um, I've talked about what I think their season will look like in the hot seat episode. Um, I believe you had Jeff Halfley on yours as well. Uh, yeah, I believe he was number two or three for me. Yeah. So they are, they're getting five and a half, which I'll just come out and say I'm on the under. Cause I think they, I, I just don't see a fifth win, let alone a six, but, uh, tell me what you think of them. Well, you should know that. Yeah. that's I'm, also, I'm also on the under here. Uh, there's just two like, okay. The things I like about them is that they have 15 starters back. That's a good thing. Outside of that, I can't really find a whole lot that I love. They had massive staff turnover. You know, they basically fired their entire assistant coaching staff and brought in all new dudes. So massive staff turnover. I'm the schedule, it's not favorable. Florida State road trips to Louisville, even a road trip to Army. Like even that's not a guaranteed win. Army's not all that good, but no, especially if you play defense like BC did last year, right? And that's the other thing here, man. Like aside from the road trips to Army and Louisville and Georgia Tech and Syracuse and Pittsburgh, the, you know the defense was just abysmal last year. God, thirty points a game, like one hundred and sixty-seven yards on the ground, just ugh, only twenty-seven sacks. And then you you look at the offense, and it's like. Oh my God, it's even it's, worse. Seven, 17 yeah. points a game last year. They were minus 12 in turnover margin. Hopefully that gets better. I mean, Jesus Christ, it has to, right? Minus 12, it can't get much worse than that. So with all the staff turnover, maybe they can make a little bit of noise, but there's no chance that I would take them to go over five and a half. Like I think five and seven is their ceiling, but maybe maybe they could make a bowl game, but I just, I would not bet it with my money. Like if someone handed me $20, I would take that 20 bucks and I would bet it on something that's a little bit more of a sure thing. So under. Yeah. I I think they can get to their buy at three and three. And I think that would be a massive success for them. Yeah. I think if they're not, 
if they're not three and three at their buy, I think that's probably when they pull the trigger on Halfley because that means they lost to one of Virginia, Holy Cross, or Northern Illinois. Um, but then, so you, you assume they're three and three going into the bye. Where are the three wins on the back end? I don't think they're better than Georgia Tech or good enough to beat Georgia Tech on the road. I'm not sure they're better than UConn. I don't like at Syracuse. Virginia Tech could be bad, could be decent. Don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see six here. No, me either. I mean, bottom line, we suck. This team sucks. I mean, let's just, they suck. Let's move on. Let's, and let's wrap up with your boy Dabo. Oh, yes. The other ACC team getting nine and a half wins is Clemson, the defending ACC champ for the, I believe, seventh time in eight years. So 21 and six the last two seasons and with a conference championship, but they've missed the playoff both of those years. So they're in kind of a disappointing stretch based on their expectations and goals. Can they get back? Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. (sighs) Possibly. Clemson and overs go together, you know, like peas and carrots. So I'm just going to say over right out of the gate, but I'll talk a little bit about why. I'm not going to go too deep here because Clemson's one of those teams they're kind of spoken for. They get talked about a lot. So you can find this stuff on ESPN or wherever. But just from a pure betting perspective, if I'm going to bet on <laughs> nine and a half, I mean, they've won double digit games as far back as the eye can see. You would just about be crazy not to bet on 10 wins. Just go back and look, 11, 10, 10, 14, 15, 12, 14, 14, 10, 11. I mean, Jesus Christ, they're double-digit win machines. So while not all of those are in the regular season, I think they will be this year. They have two, like two losable games on their schedule, I think, based on a couple of factors, but those games are Florida State and Notre Dame. And then two more that I have circled are North Carolina and South Carolina. South Carolina being on the road, they lost to them last year, but things are a little different this year, and that's because they've got Cade Klubnick taking the snaps this year, and they've got the number one offensive coordinator hire maybe in the last five years. We'll see. I think it's very, very significant that they bring in Garrett Riley. We talked about them all year last year, how, my God, if they would just, if Dabo would get off this internal hiring process and bring a new young face from the outside and get a fresh set of eyes on this team, then they would do wonders with their offense. And that's exactly what he did. He basically took everyone's advice and hired the best dude available. So, dude, they're loaded at basically every position. They're one, two, um, running back room there they've got a two-headed monster between Shipley and Moffat they're both just the big freakish running backs who are going to put up big time numbers their receiving core kind of it's like an Oklahoma situation where they've got a bunch of good dudes but they don't really have that defined alpha dog so they got to find somebody that's going to sort of step up but you would like to think in Garrett Riley's offense that somebody will emerge relatively quickly Uh, given that they have plenty of four and five star dudes that, you know, to pick from. So we'll see there, but the lines of scrimmage, they're going to be dominant on both sides. They're dripping with talent everywhere on both sides of the line in the back seven. I think they'll be fine. I just, I 
I think it's going to be another sort of dominant defensive performance by Clemson. They gave up 20 a game last year, which is down a little bit from their, you know, typical 14, 13 a game. But I think they'll be a little bit better. I mean, the dude who's their defensive coordinator, Wes Goodwin, I mean, he was like Venable's right-hand dude. So I don't I don't see, you know, some big massive drop-off in a second year. I, I just don't see it. I think they'll be a little better. And they their pass rush is going to be elite again. They bring back two of their top three pass rushers. So all that combined with the schedule, dude, I'm going to take the over and say they go 10-2 and two at worst. But more likely, I think they go 11-1. and one. Possibly twelve and zero, but you know the the Notre Dame and the Florida State games give me pause for saying they just go undefeated. So I'm going to say eleven and one that they get one of those two games. But bottom line, they'll be favored in all twelve games that they play. Mm. Yeah, this one felt a game low to me. I, I'm I'm with you. I'm on the over. Uh, even if if you recognize the fact that you know Florida State and Notre Dame are going to be really good teams and they are quality opponents, you look at the whole schedule and of their four toughest games, three of them are at home. Yeah, they get Florida State at home. They get Notre Dame at home. They get North Carolina at home. You know, yeah, they go to South Carolina, and they go, I believe, to Duke. Uh, I would have to double check that, but you know, and after that, it's just teams that they should beat in a Walmart parking lot, let alone home stadium, away stadium, right? So I just can't talk myself into them losing a third game. So I'm on the over with them. Yeah, I think this team, fifteen starters coming back, dude. It's just. There's too many factors for me to be able to like even consider an under here. I just don't think it's a good bet. The over is going to be juiced to minus whatever just based on the schedule, I think. But use your best judgment as a better. Personally, I I think it's worth betting. I just think they're too talented, and the offensive changes that they're going to make should be really interesting. But if they – I mean, you think about last year. They scored 33 points a game, yes, mm-hmm. Yep. And they were they were minus one in turnover margin last year. So if they were to clean up just the turnovers, I think they're going to be really fucking good, man. And spoiler alert, I'm going to pick them to make the playoff because I just don't think that anybody in the ACC can beat them twice, ultimately. I, I think they're going to make the ACC championship because Notre Dame is a non-conference game. So... Florida State, to me, is the only team in the ACC with a legit shot to beat them, and I don't think they could do it twice. So give me Clemson to go to the playoff this year and go at least 11-1. and one. Hmm. All right. Well, that wraps us up. That's the ACC. What are we doing next? Oh, man. What are we doing next? Are we doing the Big Ten next? It's the Big Ten, and I believe we're starting with the West. Oh, God. We're keeping up the theme of, like, amping up. <laughs> Taking from, the trash out from from one half, yeah. <laughs> oh God! I actually, uh, I looked the other day because I was curious. I I just couldn't think offhand. It's like, man, when is the last time a, a West team won the Big Ten? You know how many years it's been? Oh God! What was it? Wisconsin? Uh, yes, back in, like 2017, I think. In 2012, yeah. 2012? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I'm looking here. Wisconsin was. 13 and one yeah, I would in have, 2017 would. and they lost the freaking big 10 title game to Ohio state. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Damn 2012. Good grief. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Let me double check here while I pulled that up. That cause that jumped out at me. Um, yeah. In 2012, Wisconsin beat Nebraska 70 to 31. 
Um, Jesus, that was before all the big shift in yeah. the divisions. Yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, like legends and whatever leaders. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, and then. When they Joke. so I guess technically the West has never won the Big Ten. Um, oh my God! Yeah, twenty seventeen Ohio State beat Wisconsin twenty seven to twenty one. But yeah, Ohio. Do I even want to know? Do I even want to know the win totals for the West? Is there a team that has better than six and a half or seven and a half? Uh, there are a couple in the Big Ten West. Uh, Minnesota's getting seven and a half. Iowa. And Wisconsin are both getting eight and a half and uh, got a couple of six and a halves in there. Illinois and Nebraska, Northwestern predictably bringing up the rear with two and a half. And Purdue <laughs> is on the cusp of a bowl game, according to, to Vegas. They're getting five and a half with their oh, new coaching God. change. I'm They're totally embarrassed, totally ashamed. <laughs> yeah. So the, the West is, they have two teams getting eight and a half. And I think I would have to look. I know there's at least three teams in the in the East that are getting eight and a half, maybe a fourth. I would have to check on Maryland. Mm. Well, should be an interesting one. I'm I'm just ready to get to the SEC, man, and talk about some big boy football. We're get, we're getting closer, but uh, we're working up. Yeah, yeah, or well, I'm at least ready to get to the Big Ten East so we can talk about big boy football for three right. straight weeks. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the West doesn't. Big Ten West doesn't feel like much of a warm up, but we are working towards yeah uh, the creme de la creme. But Indeed. yep, that's next week. Big Ten West, and we are going to try to. We had some technical difficulties with our guest who was supposed to be on a couple of week or last week, and he uh, he was driving through the middle of Dallas or on his way to Dallas, and he was in the middle of Mississippi and couldn't get signal on his phone, and it was just. Uh, I guess that private plane for UNA did not come through. So the nope. North Alabama head coach, um, Brent Deerman, he, he is going to come on, uh, but we've got to hammer down a date. So we'll have that bonus episode uh, for you guys somewhere in there in the next few weeks, but uh, we haven't figured out what day yet. So we'll try to hammer that out and get that done. But in the interim, you guys can find us on the interwebs at South End Zone Pod. That's all the you know, shit that kids watch nowadays, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, which, God, Eric, I've got to get better about making more YouTube videos and shit, man. God, like, we need to find, like, can one of your kids just intern for us? Because, like, they live on TikTok, man. Like, they they do live on TikTok. I will have to see if my if my daughter feels, feels like making a couple of bucks. <laughs> we need an intern, man. I swear to God, I need to get somebody to make some damn videos because I, I literally almost don't have time. It's crazy. But in anyway, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jason Bailey 47 You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. We'll be back with you next week with the first half of the Big Ten. And until then, catch you guys later on. Thank you very much. Have a great day. <laughs>